Hello, welcome to Enlightened Empaths. We're so happy that you're joining us once again. This week on our show, we're going to be talking about ways you can connect with your loved ones in heaven during the holiday season. We know that the holidays are such a happy time, but sometimes they can bring up a lot of nostalgia and sadness, and a lot of us are dealing with grief, missing loved ones that have gone before us. So Denise and I just thought it would be nice to talk about ways that you can remember and include your loved one in your holiday tradition this year and some tips and techniques for your vibrations so that you can make that connection. And we also want to try to touch on ways that you can help any friends or family members that you have that might be going through a difficult time this season. Um, But first, before we get into that topic, we got a lot of lovely feedback from our last episode on Feng Shui. And um, Denise has a really fun story that I was hoping you would share, Denise. Oh, I'd love to. Uh, right around the time that we were getting ready to air that show, I had heard from a dear friend of mine, and she has had the red paint for her front door for a couple years now. And you know how things sometimes get you know, overwhelming or you don't get to things. And then she finally said, you know what, my husband came, he painted the door, and, and she had perseverated, what shade of red, is this the red? And she's an incredibly like divinely gifted artist and I'm not saying that because she's my friend she's a very gifted illustrator and you know known person and she uh so they finally painted the door red and almost within like an hour or so she got it she had done this whole uh line of Christmas um items several years ago that have been off the market for years and years and she got an email from someone who had her grandmother had collected these figurines and and uh, all kinds of things it was a whole beautiful collection of stuff and she got this email we'll pay you anything for if you have these two missing pieces so right out of the blue she said wow I painted the door red and look what happened so I think that that's the thing is that things can shift that suddenly unexpectedly this email came in an offer with some money wealth and abundance coming right through that front door wow be open to the magic of it that's right I love that story we're all going to be painting our doors red Okay. So um, also, Denise and I, we, we get a lot of uh, lovely emails and comments on our Facebook page and messages from you all. Um, so please keep sending those. It's really great to hear from you all. Um, and we're going to put together some of your comments and questions and, and try to do a Q&A show um, in, in a couple of weeks. So if you have a general question that you think everyone in the audience would learn from listening to our input on, uh, please go ahead and send it to us on our Facebook page, Enlightened Empaths. Okay, so Denise, you know, a time of love and joy and Santa and Rudolph and gifts and all sorts of happy stuff. But there's also something about this time that can make you a little reflective and sad and it's kind of like that passage of time thing where you just sit back and you think about all the other um, holidays you know that you've celebrated and the people that are no longer with you and so sometimes this time can bring up a lot of sad memories so and I I think for for me a huge thing is is I do celebrate Christmas uh, but I have friends from, from different religious backgrounds. And what the ornaments, or if when you take out your menorah, or when you take out whatever you celebrate, 
that I, I truly believe that those things that we take out year after year hold the energy of not only the celebrations we've had, but also of the people that we celebrated with. And sometimes for, you know, it might not be the happiest of moments. If, if holidays were a really stressful time when you were growing up, or financially it was difficult, or there was someone who, who drank too much or, or whatever, I, I really believe things hold energy, but also there's something about unpacking stuff in that ritual from year to year that really, for, for me personally, washes over me like a huge wave. It's very bittersweet. I mean, I value these things, but I also, because I have lost both of my parents and some, some dear people to me, it's it's hard. It's not an easy thing to do. It is. It is. And so uh, one of the things that we wanted to focus on uh, in this show is ways to, you know, remember your loved ones who have gone on and, and include them in your traditions and your celebrations. This can be, you know, more of a joyous time. You know, I was talking to my daughters at dinner last night. And we were talking about, we have a friend who, who lost her mother and she's just really, really sad. And we were talking about that and, you know, what we could do to, to help with that. And uh, my daughters were saying, you know, there's really nothing you can do. It's just such a sad time. And I said, you know, I said, in a hundred years when I pass, <laughs> I said, the last thing I want to do when I'm up in heaven is look down and see you all being sad. I said, so just think about the person in heaven. They don't want you mourning for them. They don't want you weeping and grieving and, and being all miserable and sad. And my oldest said, well, I would want people to be a little sad that I passed. <laughs> and I said, no, 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 I know. But but just think about it from their perspective. And I, I do think that might help some people who feel, you know, like you kind of have to be in mourning for a year or two years, whatever it might be. And I just don't think we can judge anyone on their I grief agree. process however they're incorporating that. Um, but I do think if you keep in mind, you know, they they are alive. They're just in a different dimension. And it stinks because, you know, we can't see them. We well, some can't of us hear can. them. <laughs> uh, some of us can. But but for, the, for right. most people, you know, it's not like they can send a postcard and say, I'm fine, miss you, happy, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. Um, so that's hard. And but think about them. They they would want you to move on and celebrate the holidays and be happy and, and be joyful. But one of the main messages I get in my readings is that they love it when we tell mm -hmm. stories about them. Sometimes when I'm doing readings, the, the person over on the other side will show me the story or two that they're famous for. And they'll laugh and say, like, you know, thank you for telling telling that story. They'll show me images of, like, my client telling, you know, his children about his, you know, things that his dad did. And so that's just one really good thing you can do over the holidays, even if you are unpacking the ornaments or lighting the menorah is just, you know, tell the tradition behind that ornament or say, gosh, I was, you know, going out to lunch with your grandmother and we saw this little angel in the window and we had to buy it. And so I always think about her when I, when I hang this on the tree, I just think, talking about it is so cathartic and healing and helpful to us, but it also brings a lot of peace and joy to the loved one in heaven it's as well. It's also honoring. It's very respectful and honoring that 
just because you're, di you're, you're vibrating at a different frequency and we can't physically touch you in a carbon-based way, it doesn't mean that you're still not an integral part of our lives. And I think that's, that's an interesting piece about in other cultures, it's more, um, in a lot of indigenous cultures, it, that's just a natural progression. And, mm -hmm. and, it, and the, you know, the, the, those who have passed are included in the celebrations. Or, and, and I think that you, you just put that beautifully as far as they want to know that we're okay as much as we want to know that they're okay. But if you had uh, someone in spirit who absolutely adored the holidays, then, oh, my goodness, do it up for them because they want to be there as much. <laughs> I think they are still there, actually. I do too. And you know, it's neat because sometimes you will see that. My my cousins, they lost their dad, oh, years ago. He passed away at 59. And um, there's six kids in the family and they're all married and they all have kids of their own. And they finally got together for a big family reunion, all the kids. I think one of my cousins is in China teaching. So, I mean, they're like all over. And they all got together and took this photo. And they took several. They had like a photographer. And one of my cousins posted, you know, all the proofs on Facebook. And in every single one, it, they were on the beach. They were in the house. They were, you know, different locations. There was a bright little orb light in all of the photos. And I told her, I said, you know that's your dad. And she said, yeah, we all said that. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, so sometimes you will see, you know, that they actually are there, which is, you know, I think so cool. Um, so I think telling stories, including them in the holiday tradition, is really important. If you have a friend who has lost someone over this holiday season or in the last couple of years, don't be afraid to talk about that to your friend. You know, say to your friend, um, gosh, are you missing your mom right now? Like, are you thinking about her? Is this hard for you? Talk about it. You don't have to make them talk about it, but you can let them know you are there to listen if they need to talk about it. Exactly. That's so, don't so important. do you think oftentimes in our culture, we're kind of afraid to broach those topics? It makes people very uncomfortable often or they're afraid they're going to say the wrong thing or hurt someone's feelings or dredge up some pain or grief. And it, that's not necessarily the case. No, no. And, you know, my, my good friend lost her father several years ago and had a very hard time processing the grief. And I would always ask her, you know, how is she doing? How is she doing? And about a year into it, she turned to me and she said, everyone is so sick of hearing me talk about my dad. Mm -hmm. And she said, I can just feel it. And I said to her, well, I'm not. You can always talk to me about your dad. Oh, and one of the things gift. that I do with friends who have lost parents um, or other close people is I will um, put in my calendar on my phone their that parent's death date. Oh. Just so I can remember to call them or, you know, check mm -hmm. in around that time. And so I just think it's important to be able to talk about these hard things. I, I just think that's especially at this time of year. Yes, I agree. And so, I agree um, entirely. you know, some other things you can do is like around the holiday season, if you're missing someone and you would like to honor them, you can cook their favorite meal. 
That comes through a lot in readings. People will bring up a dish or they'll talk about, or I'll be talking and they'll say, well, why are they showing me the big casserole dish that went on the table every Thanksgiving or every Christmas or every, you know, birthday? And, and they'll generally, when the the person in spirit's holding the casserole dish, it's a big item for the people that are sitting in front of me. So, Isn't that right. neat? And you know, it, I, I love it, that psychic medium, um, Marion Winkowski. She's famous mm-hmm. for When Ghosts Speak, but she actually wrote a whole cookbook just on recipes that have been passed on to her from the other side in all of her readings. Isn't that neat? Oh, that's very yeah. fun. <laughs> um, but it also, it's, again, it goes back to that honoring, that respect, that continuing with traditions that because there may be an empty chair at the table or, you know, it, it doesn't change that you still can, can include that person mm-hmm. in what you're doing. Because I think it's healing your mm-hmm. own self as well. So if, if you, and, or another thing that if it's a, a dear friend or someone that you may not have been really enmeshed in your family, it personally, like sit down and, and, you know, if you choose to have, give them a toast or, you know, enjoy some time, just do a meditative thing where you connect with that person or you pray or you, you talk to them or you write them a card just as if they were here so that you can also process the grief yes. that you're going through. Now, I'm just going to be a Debbie Downer for a moment because if okay. you come from a family like my family of origin, you're not going to have all these rosy, sad thoughts about your loved one in heaven. <laughs> You might have some angry thoughts or some thoughts of guilt that you aren't mourning them as much as you should. Um, Or, you know, like, for example, one of my grandmothers, well, actually both of them, but one particular, we don't have a lot of really good stories to tell about her because she just was kind of a mean lady. Um, And I think that's a Mm -hmm. whole different type of grief. And I think sometimes the holidays can really dredge up a lot of weird feelings when you're dealing with a loved one who's passed on that, that died with a lot of unresolved issues with several family members. And one of the things I've learned doing readings is that we are here growing and learning when you die and go to the other side, you're still learning and growing. And I'm always shown this, and I, I'm pretty positive you are too, Denise, because we've talked about this. Our thoughts and prayers dramatically help the growth of our loved ones on the other side. And I want to add one more piece to that is... Uh, even yes. it is the forgiveness piece, the forgiveness for the person who may be in spirit or the forgiveness for yourself for choices you may have made while they were still here. And I think that that's a huge, huge part of the healing piece. And and you're, you're spot on that this mm-hmm. time of the year brings up a lot of stuff. Um, and And also on top of, you know, the holidays and Everything is blasted about, you know, I'll be home for, you know, it's just 24-7 getting inundated with this. It's also finishing up the end of the year, getting ready for a new beginning. Have I met my goals? Am I? It's a very, very um, energetically, I don't, it's, 
there's some very positive things and there's some very, yes. very stressful yes. things about this time. And so if you are dealing with a situation where you have a loved one on the other side and you had a difficult relationship with them, and this time of year is bringing up a lot for you, you know, sometimes sometimes you're not ready for forgiveness. And that's okay, too. Um I had a client once and and her grandmother came through and was begging for forgiveness. And I'll never forget the client stood up and said, I will leave this office if you keep bringing that up. I will never forgive him. And and that's making a choice. Yes. And that's making a huge choice on both, both sides because, you know, it probably wasn't easy for that grandmother to come in and, and, if if it was that tumultuous or that acrimonious while she was mm-hmm. here, it probably isn't an easy thing for her to come in and and ask for forgiveness um, because yeah. people's personalities stay. Yes, they may they may wake up a little bit or they may see things through a different lens, but they're still the same energy. Yes, um, yes, and I think too a lot will correlate forgiveness with um, I don't know approval of what they did. And that's and that's, that's not, not it at no. all. Um, and I also think a lot of people feel protected by their anger. You know, like yes. if I if yes or or yeah, validated. Yes, that's that's a perfect word exactly. And so that's if you're there, that's okay. Don't don't feel guilty for not being able to forgive either, because you don't need to beat yourself up anymore than you probably already are, right? No. But just so. just let the idea kind of hang and, and sit there. Don't give up on the idea of forgiveness. But if you are still dealing with some anger, one of the things I recommend is that you just light a, light a white candle. Just get a white candle or a pink candle mm-hmm. and just light it and just say, I intend that the light of this candle um, go to to help me and this person on the other side. You're not forgiving them. You're not forgetting what they did. You're not approving. You're not giving anything up. You're just lighting a candle and asking that that light somehow shed light on how you can deal with the negative emotions you're facing. You're just kind of surrendering it. Which is a huge mm-hmm. self-care piece. That Because by setting that intention or making the ritual of lighting that candle you are taking care of yourself. You're On some level, you're saying, I don't want to feel this way anymore. Yes, exactly. And that's where like the cord-cutting meditations that we've talked about on a prior episode can really be helpful too. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk about is a lot of times what I get in, from my clients is I really hear from them, I need to know that they're okay. And I'm grateful that I'm getting... Mm-hmm you know, some validation and communication via you, but I'd like to hear it for myself. The other thing I hear a lot is, you know, my neighbor had a dream about my dad, but I haven't. You know, why hasn't he come to me? So I wanted to just address that for a moment, if you don't mind. Oh, I'd love I to. I think that when we are grieving, whether we know it or not, sometimes they're grieving and they don't know it. Have you seen people like that, Denise, where they're just not in touch with, yeah. So sometimes you're grieving yeah. and sometimes, the, and grief is a is a crazy little friend to have around because, because grief will go away for a long time and the randomest thing will bring it right back as though it happened yesterday. And so you have to be patient with grief and you have to know that 
it's always going to be with you in some way, shape, or form. But when grief is at its intense, is there such a word as intense? No. When grief is at its most intense, it, it's like you are wrapping yourself in bubble wrap. And your loved ones on the other side cannot mm-hmm. come through to you in a dream state. They just can't do it. Everything vibrationally has to align in order for them to get to you in that dream state. So oftentimes what they'll do is they will go to a neighbor or a coworker or a cousin, someone who knew them and was connected to them, but doesn't have the intensity of the emotion or the grief or the sadness that you might be experiencing. So it's much easier for them to get into their energy through the dream state. So that's why, in in my opinion and in my experience, most of the times you will see that your loved one won't come to you in a dream. It, now, some people, they'll have that dream the very next day. And it doesn't mean, oh, you're not grieving. They were able to come through to you in a dream. No, it just means your energy is more It open. also depends on how you're wired. And, you know, we all know the rule. And for anyone who's a an intuitive, a psychic, a medium, a sensitive that's listening to this, you know that we a lot of times we can't apply all of this wonderful stuff to ourselves. We're great at reading other people. But, I mean, my parents are both past, and I've had a handful of dreams about both of them. And so I agree. And I think another piece to add into that is if you have siblings and one of your siblings is having the dreams and you're not, it doesn't mean that you have less of a connection. It doesn't mean that you're less loved. It just means you might process the signs they're sending you in a different way. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I agree. That, that sadness will always, uh, come in and and affect it in some way. You know, my my dear friend George died of colon cancer at 27. And early on, I had several dreams where I was at the hospital and he was still alive. And I I always felt that those were not visitation dreams, that they were wish dreams, you know, that you just wished it hadn't been so. And it took, oh my goodness, Let's see, he passed in 98, and I did not get a full dream visitation from him until 2006, no, 2005. Wow. So that took a long time. And so just to, be patient. Just for, I think, for a second, the difference, you just made a really good point, the difference between a wish dream and a visitation dream. A visitation dream feels so real that when you wake up, you don't know if, you're you're in the dream or if what you were dreaming was real did that come out right yes it's so real you yes, want to go did. back into it you want it you you can the person that you love so much is right there and you're you're it, it's it's a very intense feeling versus a wish dream you might see them in a distance or you might know they're in the room it's it's i do you have a better way to explain that? Because I feel a little vague with that. Well, for me, when I've had visitation dreams, it's always, um, they always visit me in my mm-hmm. home, for one thing. So in my visitation dreams, I wake up in my bedroom, but I'm still dreaming. And they're either in my bedroom or I walk out into the living room or the kitchen and they're there. When I have dreams about loved ones who have died and they're not visitation dreams, we are 
somewhere I don't recognize. Mm -hmm. And so that's one thing for me. Also, when I wake up with just a normal dream, I'll remember bits and pieces of it. And it's like trying to catch a cobweb. You know, it's like I can't grab it. Whereas with a visitation dream, I could have had it five minutes ago or 15 years ago. And I remember every bit of it incredibly clearly because it's a memory. It's like a real thing that happened. So it's there's an intensity. With, and and it's chronological yes, too. And, and with what you feel. So even if you don't remember the whole cineplex of the dream, and it's not like being at the movie, but you always remember how you feel in the dream because I think sometimes if the person and and you made it this point earlier when we were talking is they have to lower their frequency we have to raise ours in order to make that connection and one of the reasons dream visitations are so easy is we're are to are we've relaxed enough that they can step in more easily but they still have to work to get in <laughs> I mean it, it's and and so this yes. isn't just like poof here I am and and we can it can have a chat, uh, but I think too it, sometimes I've had dreams about loved ones who have passed and they're not talking, or I'm just getting an expression and a couple of them I thought oh is this a warning is something wrong do I have to feel and you wake up kind of agitated, generally that's more of a fear based thing than an actual visitation because they're not. Um, they don't want to freak you out. No, no. And bring stress. But they have to learn. It's it's a it's a skill. When my mother in law came to me in a dream, um, she I I woke up and again I woke up in a dream and I was laying in my bed and I heard a crash in the living room, and I went running out there and there's my mother in law, who had been deceased for. Um, six years at the time. And she said, uh, hurry up, Samantha, that took much more energy than I thought to break into your dream. And oh. I picked her up and carried her to the couch and I, and she held my hands. She said, I can't believe how hard that was. I don't have much time. And then she passed on her message to me. Wow. So it must take them a lot of energy to do that. And in the first visitation dream I had with George, I saw him and I was like, oh my gosh. And I went to hug him and it was, he was in 3D, fully physically present in front of me. But when I went to hug him, it was nothing. And he stepped back and he said, no, I haven't learned how to do that yet. So oh, I think wow. it takes them a lot of time to learn how to manipulate their energy to connect with ours. So if you want to hear from your loved one in a dream, I would recommend that you be patient, but also the squeaky wheel. <laughs> so keep asking for it, but also be at the same time, be patient. And if they aren't coming to you in a dream, say to them, look, I will not rest and I will not stop bothering you until I know you're okay over there. I just need to know you're okay. So if you get to my energy in a dream state, please go to someone else connected to us in a dream state and let them pass on the message to me that way. And you know, if you talk about your dreams every morning or you write them down, you will start to remember more and more of your dreams. Never mind just visitation dreams, just dreams in general. And if you're if you're like me, I, I, like Denise, you're so good about your morning routine. 
Uh, my morning routine is to hit the mm-hmm. snooze button as much and as many times as I can. And I lay there and I try to remember my dreams while my alarm is going off. And I'll remember like one or two. And so what I do is I just, I take my phone because I can never find a pen. And I, and I have um, a little app thing on my phone and I, I just, I voice, I voice dictate it all in there. It's very easy. See, I, I write down snippets, but one thing, if you're in that um, half awake, half asleep, the snooze goes off, and you just have that edge of a dream, a little trick that sometimes helps is to, like, just do, like, focus on your breath like you're going into a meditation, and just do some deep breathing and count and, and ask for that dream to come back. And if you've practiced, if you've kept a dream journal, if you're once you build that connection with with your subconscious and spirit it's amazing what you can do with the dream the dream stuff but a lot of times that will bring in pieces of the dream or you can ask them please bring this back to me during the day if i'm meant to if there's a message in this i'm supposed to know and you may be at a stoplight and all of a sudden a car comes in the other direction and it triggers the memory of that dream that's a great suggestion I what I do. I don't know if it, this is going to make sense, but if I remember snippets and I'm trying to grab it all, I'll just lay back in bed and close my eyes, and I'll I'll kind of like just pull my energy into the center of my being, like kind of mm-hmm. like a going within. And sometimes I can capture a little bit of it that way too. So let's talk because about. You have um, to catch it before the. I'm sorry. You have to catch it before that squirrel mind starts in of. Oh, I've. I have to stop at the store on the way to work, and I have to make sure that my daughter ha- picks up her shoes, and I have to make. Thro- I mean, before that, the the wheel starts churning. You have to catch it quick. I do anyway. I. Me too. Same exact way. I I wanted to talk about ways to get signs from your loved ones on the other side. And when we were preparing for the show, you had just had a lot of good ideas on how to ask for a sign without being too specific. So could you talk about that? Sure. And I think part of this is, and, and this goes whether you're having a reading, trying to get a sign for yourself, talking to another intuitive, whatever it may be, is sometimes when you put such strict parameters on what that sign might need to be, then and the story that you're going to follow up with, I hope, about your dinner table conversation, uh, as far as asking for a specific sign while people are still here. But one of the things is be open to, sometimes it it's going to be unexpected. Like An example would be, for me, uh, my mother collected $2 bills. And right a, a couple days ago, um, I was working the register at work, and the someone, a young man came in and handed me a $2 bill. And I, all that morning, prior to even going to work, I had been thinking a lot about my mother. And I thought, oh, my, this is a sign from her, because whenever the $2 bills comes up, come, do come up, it's usually she's, um, I've been having a, a lot of um, connection with her in spirit. And then I looked at the date of issue on it, and it was the year that she passed. And a few, well, it's been four years now that she passed. That first two weeks after she passed, this one young man kept coming in day after day bringing $2 bills. And I finally asked him, I said, where are all these coming from? And he said, I get them from my grandmother. But so if there's something that you, um, it might be a, 
a smell of a cologne. It might be a certain type of candy bar. It might be a song. If there's something so specific to the individual that you love that's in spirit and that randomly shows up, take that as a sign. And also don't miss the signs because you're waiting for that one special thing to come through. If you really had my uncle, he would show you this you might be missing out on a lot of other things that they're trying to show you. And equally, that goes back with what you were just saying, Samantha, they have to work hard to send us this yes. stuff. Yeah. It takes, it takes them so. time to learn how to do all of this. And, and something I want to emphasize is that our personality does not change when we transition to the other side. So if your loved one was really quiet or shy or hesitant, that's not going to change on the other side. So there, it's going to be harder for them to get a message, a dream, a visitation assigned to you. If your loved one was super outgoing and gregarious, talkative, it's going to be much easier uh, for them. But they have to learn what I call spirit language. And it takes them a, a while to learn that. Uh, think about, you know, trying to teach your, your parents or your grandparents how to use their iPhone. And now imagine trying to teach them how to communicate just through symbols. That's hard. And so um, I was telling Denise, and I feel like I've told this story before, so I apologize if some of you are hearing this. But a couple of years ago, uh, my whole family was sitting around the dinner table and you know, kind of broaching the topic of, of what I do, some extended family. And so it was just interesting. And they were like, well, how do you know someone's there and how do they give a sign? And so I was, I was telling them this whole thing about how it's different with every, every person on the other side. They have to learn how to communicate to me through symbols and images that I then translate and pass on to the client. And I said, you know, every reading is only as good as the person sitting in front of me and the person on the other side. Um, and so I said, I said, what I always ask the person on the other side to do is to show me a sign that they will, that my client will know it's them. And a lot of times the loved one on the other side has a hard time doing that. And so I said to my family, I said, what sign, if you, if you passed away, what sign would you show a medium to let us know it was really you? And I turned to my sister and I said, for example, Courtney, what, what would you show? And she was like, I don't know. Um, I've lived in my house for 20 years. Maybe I'd show a picture of my house. And I said, well, that would be kind of hard to get across to a medium because the medium might just say, are you thinking of, if I just saw a house, I would say, are you thinking about moving houses? I wouldn't know what mm -hmm. to do with just an image of a house. And she was like, well, I'm really connected to my church. So, And finally, I just looked at her and I said, Courtney, you owned a pizza restaurant for 20 years. How about just showing a piece of pizza? <laughs> and she was like, oh, I never thought about that. So then I turned to my former father and I said, what about you, Tony? What would you show? And he was like, well, probably the Catholic Church. And I said, well, that's kind of generic because a lot of people are Catholic. And he was like, well, um, I don't know. Maybe I would show. And he goes, I don't know. And I said, oh, son of a gun. I said, you were a firefighter for 30 years. You could show a fire truck. And he was like, oh, son of a gun. 
And so it was just really um, eye-opening to me because even here on Earth, when they have words in a voice box to communicate with, you know, they don't really, it's hard. It's hard to take your life and things that mattered a lot to you and turn that into a symbol or an image and show it to a medium that you've never met before. I, I love that story, by the way, because it is, and it people it's that psychic amnesia. I don't know. What would I do? The other thing is if some, what I absolutely love is when people have a good sense of humor on the other side and they'll, so sometimes if, I think this is another thing, if, if something really cracks you up and you know it's going to crack up that person in spirit, you can pretty much bank on the fact that they're listening to the joke too, or they're seeing the humor in this. Um, I did a reading a couple nights ago and I said, you know, I brought through this woman's daughter and that was nice. And I said, she's making a really sarcastic crack about your hair. Cause all I'm, all I keep hearing is love the hair, ma. And the woman just cracked up and she said, I just got the worst haircut of my life. And that's exactly what my daughter would say. So if there's something pops into your head and it's, it sounds like that person, or it feels like that person, there's your sign. It doesn't, sometimes it isn't the big Broadway and neon lights. Sometimes it's just subtle. It's a feeling. It's it's a, a memory that resurfaces at a very specific time. Um, so yes, if you're lucky enough that you've had the conversation with someone, please send me a um, one of the things I thought my mother would show me tape because whenever she'd send packages, it would be taped like it was going into a bomb shelter. You would need knives and scissors and everything else to get into any packages that she sent. It, it was ridiculous because even when my boys were little, they say, oh, nanny got a hold of the tape again, didn't she? And it would just be ridiculous how taped up they were. So beep, beep. people will show you something that will resonate with you. Yeah. And, and what you can do um for your own self to get your own communication with your loved one is you can tell them to give you a sign. Um, you know, for example, you had the $2 connection, you know, with your mom. And so that was nice. But if you don't have that, if you don't like a lot of people come from families that they don't want to talk about death. And so they, if you even said to them like, right. Hey mom, when it's your time, will you be a butterfly? A lot of families, you know, don't talk about that. And so, or, right. or the, the, the passing comes unexpectedly and there's no time to plan for that. Um, but if you, if you can talk openly with family that is, you know, aging or dealing with a health issue, um, if you could say to them, hey, you know, when it's your time, please show me whatever and pick a sign. Um, I always tell people it's very easy for our loved ones to communicate with us through music, metal, and nature. So you could ask for them to play a specific song for you. Well, not a specific song. Like usually I would recommend picking like Elvis Presley or Johnny Cash or, you know, a singer that meant something to them um, rather right. than a specific song. Um, or you can ask for nature, like birds, dragonflies, um, a certain flower, all of those things are fairly easy for them to manipulate and metal is a conductor um i'm sorry metal um is easy for them to to connect with their energy and so you could ask for a penny a quarter a dime a nickel uh for them as as their sign and then and then just be open to receiving it or 
it's weird, right, Denise? I'm I'm having a hard time wording this because you have to you have to be open to receiving right. the sign. I I feel, and this this could just be my opinion, but I feel if you say to your loved one, "Show me a sign that you're around me." I feel that that's almost too open because then anything weird that happens that day, you're going to be thinking, is that you, grandma, is that you? So I feel like you should narrow it down a little bit and yet still be open to how they give it to you. For example, I asked someone on the other side, I said, uh, please, I tried this, please show me a sign that, that you're around me. And I had like, I saw like three bluebirds that day. And I was like, huh, is that my sign? But then it was spring. And like where I live, you always see bluebirds when spring is just beginning. And so I said, you know what? This is not helping. And so I said, okay, if you are around me, show me a purple car. Because I thought that's kind of hard to see, right? You don't see a lot of purple cars around. And I waited all day, no purple car. The next day, no purple car. But the third day, I was driving to school, and I was listening to this morning show, and this guy called in to tell this whole story about how his wife bought him a purple car. (laughs) And I felt like that was my – now, I don't know if I'm reaching, but I felt like that was my purple car. But did did it resonate for you? Did it feel right? It, it did. I just, it did and it didn't. Like I, I, I felt, well, I listened to this morning show on the way to school every day. I've never heard them talk about a purple car. And they literally went on and on about this. The whole point of the thing for this 10 minute segment was the fact that this car was purple and he didn't want to drive a purple car because he didn't feel it was manly. So I did feel that way, but I like to see things like I would have preferred a purple car to drive past me. Because that would have felt more, um, you did, wouldn't have to reach for that because you asked to see a purple car or, or a purple car to show right. up. And I think that that is, um, yes, asking for a specific or being open. But also, don't. I have to say this again, that, you know, if, and f- if anyone is, well, I'm sure there's a lot of, there are a lot of people who are mediums or have mediumistic tendencies who are listening to this. And you're talking to someone, and and I don't mean this ego-based at all, but sometimes you just nail it, and you are bringing through someone. There's no doubt who it is. You've given physical characteristics, personality traits, memories that resonate, and then the person will say, well, yeah, that's true, but you didn't say the one thing I wanted you to say that I asked them to say. So don't, you know, is that old saying, don't cut your nose off to spite your face. I think if once, but again, it's a learning curve. And if you, it's similar to meditation. You meditate every day, you're going to get better at it. If you write down your dreams every day, it's going to become more of a used muscle. Yes. And that's exactly what it is, is a muscle. And you'll know, you'll know when you have your loved one around you, you'll just know. And it's, it's trusting that inner feeling. You'll, um, you'll think about them. They, they will just, you'll just be driving to work and they'll just pop into your head or, um, you'll be, you know, cooking dinner and a song that you really connect with them just pops on the radio while you're cooking dinner. Um, you just like, nailed it with that, though. It's that trust piece. Yeah. Trusting yourself that you're getting the sign and trusting that they're 
actually there and sending you the sign. And sometimes in an agitated state or a stressful state or a grief-ridden straight state, it, it may be hard to feel like that. Why can't I hear you? Why aren't you showing me anything? We're not able to be receptive at that time. And I think that's, we, we touched base on that earlier in this show. Um, yeah. It's, it's very hard when we're dealing with grief, stress, fatigue, and sadness. It's mm-hmm. incredibly hard to make that connection. If you want to make that connection and you intend to make that connection and you ask for that connection, it will happen. I think what Denise and I are just trying to stress is that it might not happen in the way you want it to. And that's what I find frustrating is I'll ask for my loved ones to come to me and I might get this, the dream visit, you know, four years later or, you know, or a friend might call me and say, hey, I had this dream that, you know, your mother-in-law was texting me. Well, why didn't I have that experience? So that it can be very, very frustrating. But just please know that your loved ones in heaven aren't like, see ya, sister, I'm busy over here. You know what I mean? They're not like, (laughs) they're not ignoring you or forgetting you. And if you ask for that connection and you don't get it that first year or even that second year, it doesn't mean they're not safe. That's something I get from clients a lot. I haven't heard from them. No one in my family has had a dream visitation. Does that mean they're somewhere not good. Does that mean they're stuck somewhere? No. It just means, like if you read my all-time favorite book, Testimony of Light uh, by Helen Greaves, she writes in there about the other side and, and what happens when we pass on. And the best friend that she's communicating with on the other side explains to her that most people who pass away go to what we could call a nursing home it's not really a good word, but a rest area so that they can transition their energy. And some people will stay in that rest area for a week or two. And some people will stay in that rest area for a year or two. Do you know that when I've, uh, uh, there's a a visual that I get when, for people who have um, transitioned suddenly and unexpectedly. And it's, it's, and I don't want to, it's almost like a waiting room. And most of the time when I see the people there, they, and they're safe and they're fine, they're just confused because they left so suddenly. And that's another piece to this is it mm-hmm. takes time that if um, my father passed very suddenly, unexpectedly, um, you know, I talked to him at 3 o'clock in the afternoon and my mother called me at 6 o'clock the next morning and said, your father died. And I think that, there's there's a transition time. Another piece is as as weird as it sounds. If someone has had um, dementia, Alzheimer's, they're muddled, they're confused. They might have a harder time transitioning in the sense of because they've been in both worlds for so long. So, right. So just to, um, it doesn't mean they don't love you. And also another question that I get a lot. Is, you know, are do they are they okay now? Are they safe? Yes, that. But are they healthy? We when, once we leave the carbon based, we're free of all the. Uh, one of the most touching readings I ever did was years and years ago, when I first started doing readings for other people, and I knew nothing of. I showed up at this woman's house, and she um, 
she had lost her son. And I said, dark-haired kid, very cute, all this stuff. And I said, he's telling you he can run like the wind now. And she just started to sob. And she said he couldn't move his legs. And for him to give her that message from the other side, and not to make this hokey, but it was right around the holidays when I met her. And I've got willies from head to toe right now. And she said that was the best gift I ever could have had because he would always watch the other kids running and he just wanted that so badly and I think that that's the other piece there's a sense of freedom on the other side so limitations or illnesses or pains that that may have restricted someone here they're finally free of that yes yes and I've been told in my readings I don't know if you've ever been told this Denise but I'm often told that they have, it's almost like they have to get permission to come to us in a dream. Oh. Like, I've had several readings where the person on the other side will say, like, I remember one guy said, like, I heard, I don't, I'm not very clear audience, I rarely hear anything, but I clearly heard, I was only given permission to come in to, in, to do three dream visits. Wow. And I don't, and I've, and I've heard that, not that specific, right? But, but I've heard that a lot of times in readings, like they, and I, I asked, you know, I meditated and I asked my guides about it, and what I got was that if they could come in a dream visit all the time, we would never process the grief. Exactly. And that's that's funny you said that because I was reading an article on this, and I'm sorry, I can't give you the specific... I don't remember who wrote the article. I have to get better about that. But that's what they were saying. If you're constantly in touch, and then you, it, all of a sudden, you know, you're feeling the signs, you're finding the pennies, you're seeing the feathers, all of these things, and then it's it's tumbleweeds and dust bunnies, it might be that they need to take a break from that to exactly what you said earlier, work on, on what they need to do on the other side and also to ease off of your dependence on them always being there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, like my friend George who died in the late nineties and then I had my first experience with him in 2005. I had so many experiences with him from 2005 to 2008 that I went through the grief process all over again. It was so wonderful to have that communication and connection with him, but on the same side of the of the penny, as they say, it was almost too much pain to go through that again. And so it started to subside after a couple of years, and I really think he did that almost as a favor to me because I think he knew it was really hard. Right. So I think we have to think about all those different, all those different things, you know, so they, they can only come to you when they learn how to work and manipulate their energy in alignment with yours. They can only come when your energy is pliant and open and, and not grieving and so sad. And I, again, I don't want to say they have to get permission, like there's some taskmaster over there, but there's something, there's some type of I don't know. There's some type of guidelines for how and when they can come. I feel I feel that strongly, and I've gotten that several times. Um, 
And so there's all these different parameters that have to fall into place for them to come to you. But the the um, the signs, that I think is very easy for them to do. And I think that's a really, mm-hmm. really good way to communicate with them is by giving them signs and asking for them to show you those signs. And and just talking to them, I know I know you're going to feel crazy uh, at first. How many times have you heard a client, like after you've connected with their loved one and you're wrapping up the reading, how many does the client say to you, Denise, could you just tell them that I love them? Right? And then you always say, exactly, they can hear hear you. you. And they, you know, someone um, emailed me and said, I know you always say that our loved ones can hear us. Can they hear our thoughts? Yes and no. They're not, you know, they're not just like, sitting on your desk at work, (laughs) listening to every thought you have. But if you think about them in your head, if you just think like, mom, I'm having a really stressful day. I'm dreading this meeting. Please help it go well. She will hear that and come to you. But if you're just thinking like, gosh, I don't want to go to this meeting. You know, your mom's not going to drop what she's doing in heaven to to pop in and, and read your, your thoughts. So, but you can talk to them and you should talk to them. And the more that you do that, the more that it's going, the more easy it's going to be to communicate with them. I had a client, for example, Denise and I were trying to think about stories we have with readings that are connected to Christmas. And I, I couldn't think that were directly connected to the holidays, except for this one where um, a woman was, was telling me that she asked her mom, you know, to come to her in a dream and to give her signs. And she really wasn't getting anything. And she was very frustrated. And I said, well, just keep talking to her. And so they were decorating their tree and they have an angel topper um, that has like the little halo lights up and you plug it into the rest of the trees, lights on the tree. And it had gone out. And she and her husband were trying, you know, you try to replace those bulbs. I don't, you have to be like an engineer to figure that out. And they could out. And so she remembered the reading with me and she said, Mom, if you're around us, can you please make this angel light up? And nothing happened. And she was like, great. And the next morning she woke up and was making her coffee and she looked at the tree and the lights on the angel were on. And so sometimes they'll they'll do things oh. like that as well. And it's subtle, but it's but it's real. Yes. And again, if you believe it, if you trust it, and also, and I don't double guess, don't say, oh, I'm making this up in my head, or this is just because I want it. Well, maybe it is, but also that might be what you're sending out, is that connection to your person in spirit, because they do, they know you need to hear from them, or they know you need a sign to know they're okay. Um, And it... It can be one thing that was I was down on the coast and and I live in a different state than where I grew up and I was going for an interview this was years ago and my father had passed and I talked to my father a lot in my head and he was also an intuitive a medium never would have used those words and I sat down in the waiting room while I was waiting to do this interview and I said I'm so nervous daddy what am I supposed to do and honest to God, I opened up this magazine, and there was a picture of, um, it was like an, an artsy thing, but here in New England, a lot of people will take lobster buoys, and they'll hang them on the side of buildings or, or whatever. And I looked, and right in the middle of this picture 
was a buoy that was the exact same colors as my father's lobster buoys. And it was a very distinct pattern in the way he painted them. And I looked at it, and then I, like, <laughs> so silly, I closed the page, and then I opened it again to see if it was still there. And it was. <laughs> and it was. And I thought, wow, that was such a precious, precious gift. And one thing I do is I always say thank you. I always say thank you so much. You know, I and I tell them that I love them and that, you know, I appreciate that they're around. And I always ask them to watch out for my sons. And just as similar as you would when they're here, um, they they still want to be a part of That gratitude piece yeah. is so important. So... And, you know, it's it's really subtle. I, I have a um, early on when I was just realizing that, you know, I am a medium and I can do this. I had a client who came to see me and we had a very intense and emotional reading with her grandfather. And, it, you know, the readings, Denise, you just never forget them. And we became, you know, not we were friends. I mean, not like we don't talk on the phone all the time or meet for lunch all the time. But, you know, we'll we'll email each other like once a year and check in and things like that. And I actually can't really read for her anymore. Do you ever read for a client so much? It's like their loved one on their side is like, I have nothing else to say. (laughs) So I haven't read for her in a while. Um, And she just kept popping into my head for like the whole month of November. And I haven't spoken to her in like two years. And I was like, I do, like, I know this is happening for a reason. I mean, I would be exercising or packing lunches or vacuuming, like just random stuff. And she'd pop into my head. And there was no message with it, which pisses me off, frankly. I hate it when spirit nudges you, but there's not like a message. You know, if there was a message, I would have. <laughs> but it happened so much, I finally just called her. And I just said, hey, I'm just calling to check in. You know, when you are a medium and you call people to check in, they always think the worst. <laughs> you know, like, is everything okay? So she said, is everything okay? Like, you know, calling. And I was like, yes. I don't know. I said, you've just been on my mind. I said, I I don't have a message for you. I just can't stop thinking about you. And I just wanted to check in and see how you're doing. And she was like, okay, I'm doing fine. And so we caught up and that was it. Four days later, she texted me. She got engaged. Yep. Out of the blue, was not expecting it. And I I thought that was her grandfather. I don't know why he couldn't get the message to me clearly, but it was that subtle, but that consistent. And I knew he was trying to tell me something. I thought when I talked to her on the phone, I would get it. I didn't. But I just said, I've been thinking about you. I feel really positive. I just feel happy for you, but I don't know why. It's nothing negative. And, And then she got engaged. So they, yeah. Well, it's a strange story because they don't, it it wasn't, I like it, I like it when my guides and loved ones on the other side are clear as you and I are talking right now. And it's not always that way. But do pay attention to the subtle things. If a friend, even an acquaintance or a coworker pops into your mind over and over and over again, I feel that there's usually a reason and you should just reach out to them. Hey, just checking in. How are you doing? Um, because sometimes that's the way loved ones connected to them will get messages across. Because all of you listening to this are empathic. And in my experience, most people who are empathic are very intuitive and have mediumship capabilities. So if you're getting those thoughts about someone, I, I feel that usually there's a reason. And you just have, need to follow it. All of this intuitive uh, mediumship work is subtle. They're not going to flag you down and 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 
you know, shout in your ear. Well, maybe it'll happen for some of you. It, it doesn't work that way for me. I have to pay attention. I have to stay present. Yeah. And I have to focus on what what I am feeling and what is popping up for me and my emotions consistently. And when I follow that and when I ask for clarity and when I ask for communication, it will come through. And I feel that everyone listening to this, as you're going through the holiday season, reach out to your loved ones on the other side, say a prayer for them, talk to them, tell their stories, Ask for them to Kate with you as well. And you know what? Use a little bit of guilt. Why not? Say, hey, it's the holidays. <laughs> I'd love a gift. The gift of communication and a sign from you. Please put that under my tree this, this season. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So um, anything else that we forgot to mention? <laughs> That was good. That was very good. No, I think we covered it. And again, if you have a comment or an additional question about this and you want to put it on our Facebook page, Enlightened and Pass, and, or, and again, to reiterate about any questions that you might have that you'd like to, us to answer in a couple of weeks when we do our question and answer show. Um, but this has been a fun topic because it also, I always, always tell people that I don't do anything that you can't do as well. And I think that that's really important. And just just be open and trust yourself and know that they truly, another, just a last thing is send people love that are in spirit. Even if you, you are, you still have issues it's healing for you and it's healing for them. So you may not be in that place of, as Samantha mentioned, that you're ready to forgive or that you're ready to step away. But when you send love, you're, you're also, you know, that's, we're generating that energy out, which I think is so vitally important right now. I love that. And I just want to mention something that's kind of off topic, but bear with me. Um, in, in Reiki, one of the things that we teach when we are passing on Reiki attunements is that you should send Reiki to yourself and to your friends and loved ones and your clients, but they also recommend that you should send Reiki to your guides and angels and your higher power. I love that idea. Have you ever thought about sending energy to your angel? Like, wouldn't you be like, she doesn't need anything. She's already of the light. <laughs> but I love that idea. And so why not in this holiday season spend some moments, you know, saying a prayer for your higher power, to your angels, to your guides, give that gift of gratitude to your team on the other side that's helping you. It's a wonderful way to be the light this season. Yes, that's beautiful. Well, thank you everybody so much for tuning in once again. If you like us, please join us on Facebook and Empaths. And please take a moment to subscribe to us on iTunes and leave a review because it helps other people find us. And Denise and I sure do want to create a really lovely circle of connected empaths so that we can all guide each other home on this journey. We look forward to talking to you next week. Have a wonderful, beautiful week. Yes. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.